Welcome to my podcast where I talk about all things related to money, mindset, finance, business, and investing. My name is Royston Cumberbatch, a qualified accountant with over 30 years' experience in finance and business. Coming from a very humble background, I have continuously challenged the assumptions and the expectations of what I'm capable of achieving for myself and others. Over the years, I've helped hundreds of entrepreneurs to decipher finance and to make more money and to run highly successful businesses. On this podcast, I will share with you tips, strategies, techniques, and tools that you can use to make more money, manage money better, and to maximize your success. All right, we've got a very special episode for you today because we got uh, one of my friends I met in the public speaking uh, arena, and she's all the way from Southern California, Estella Garrett. Uh, she's also with the firm uh, Garrett and Associates CPA. So she's a big tax accountant, and she'll be giving us some great tips today of how you can run your business more successful. Welcome to you, Estella, to the Financial Intelligence Mindset Podcast. So to start with, I want to use just to just tell us about your backstory and just as a few interesting facts, maybe that people may not even know about you. Oh, thank you, Roy. And I'm happy to be here. So, oh my gosh, where do I start? I have so many interesting stories that I can tell you. But let's just say right now what I do <clears throat> is I have the CPA farm in Southern California. And yeah, we do taxes. Everybody does taxes. You can find anybody to do your taxes, right? But what we do here is we actually help you to plan what your taxes are. If you have a business, we want you to know what your tax answer is, how much you're gonna owe or how much the government's gonna owe you before the year ends. So when you file your tax returns, that's just compliant. And to some people, taxes may not be as sexy or as interesting as others, but to me, taxes can be the sexiest part of business there is. Because what's what's sexier than saving money, huh? This is sounding good keeping your own money. And so an interesting thing about me is, yeah, I started preparing taxes when I was in high school. I used to help my aunt prepare taxes. Never thought I would be an accountant. Never thought taxes would be my life. You know, I, I started college as an engineer. Wow. <laughs> because I did well in math and science. So I, you know, I went uh, to a small high school in the South. And if you do well in, in uh, math and science, then you had to be an engineer. Well, I just did not have the engineer mentality. I have lots of engineers as clients. And let me tell you, they prepare their taxes before they come in to see me. And they just want to see how close I can get to their numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, the, that's the engineer's brain. Um, an interesting fact about me is that, you know, in high school, when I was 16 years old, I used to drive a school bus. They used to allow that. Can you imagine wow, serious. being 16 years old and driving a school bus? Oh, that's quite <laughs> Other cool. people's kids. That. I didn't know. That. Yeah, so your story is quite interesting in terms of uh, you had an engineering background. I think it's amazing, right? Because when I was at school, I actually did O levels engineering and I did maths and physics. And as a matter of fact, I did maths and physics up to A levels. But mm-hmm. I also did accounting. So it's, it's quite interesting uh, for you to come from an engineer to an accountant. Uh, that's quite an, an interesting twist. And then you said that your uh, account, your, your engineering friends or whatever, they actually do the tax return themselves. Is that correct? My clients, well, not really. Some of them, they work on the numbers and they figure some things out. Like I have this one client every year, he computes his required minimum distribution. And what that is, is when you turn 70 and a half, 
You have to start taking money out of your retirement accounts. The government doesn't allow you to hoard it, to just keep it. You have to start taking distributions. And so he's a retired engineer. And every year he would calculate, he calculates it for himself. And then he has me to calculate it and his financial advisor to calculate it. And he wants to see which one of us is going to get closer to his number. <laughs> okay, cool. Sounds good. Yeah, so, wow, wow, wow. So what was it like, like growing up? And um, so do you always grew up in California? Um, I mean, where did you actually grow up? And then, I mean, how, I mean, in terms of your parents and in terms of their approach to money, their approach to wealth, I mean, what were some of the earlier things that they taught you that kind of stuck with you as you grow older in terms of money mindset? Because obviously this is the financial intelligence mindset podcast, right? So yes. what I always try to, t- try to do is to tap into people about the money mindset. So um, I guess yours might have been formed at an early age, but how do your parents help you to form your money mindset? Well, you know, when I grew up in the South, we were poor. Um, so I grew up in South Carolina, actually. So I'm, I'm a poor Southern girl. Um, and my father was an alcoholic. And so he would spend, he would make money, but he would spend it all drinking and doing whatever it is that, that he did. So my mom always had money hidden. And I find mm. that to this day, I can dig around in my purse and I find money in my pockets because I'm always stashing money someplace. <laughs> Because that was something I got from my mother. Every place that she went, she was always hiding money and stashing money. So she had it that he couldn't get to it and he couldn't figure out where it was. So she always had to, had to struggle to, to make ends meet. When you, when you have um, a partner who has habits, you know, what did they say? The vice of one man can feed two children. So, you know, my father was a smoker and a drinker. That's two vices. And, you know, he had five kids. So four of them went hungry, right? <laughs> if you use that theory. Um, so I've always saved money. So I have saving, savings accounts here, there, and everywhere. And mm-hmm. that's always been my thing. If I know that I have a little pocket here, no matter what happens, I can go dig into this money. In fact, I even named some of my accounts a uh, Ursula's secret stash or something like that. So like I have um, every Friday, I have money going to an account that's called Ursula's secret stash. And it automatically transfers from my checking account into that savings account. Um, And so my thing with money is, and one of the things I try to tell my clients in this country, in the U S we have a social security system. And a lot of countries have that uh, where money comes out of your paycheck and it goes into a, a retirement fund. You don't have any control over it. You don't have access to it until you turn, you reach retirement age. You don't get to decide how much goes into it, how much you get out of it, and when you get, get it out. You have very limited um, control when it comes to that. So you have to think of that social security as a safety net. That's not your money to retire on. So my goal is always save money so that you have money to to live the life you want to live when you retire. That's one of my goals when, when I think about savings. So you have to have a safety net while you're working. And then you have the safety net when you retire and social security is your safety net. And so you want to invest your money and and then diversify your investments to make sure you have money to live off. You know, some of my clients have real estate, So they may not contribute a lot to retirement plans, but they have several different real estate 
um, ventures like rental properties. So that's a source of income from them. So when they're not getting money out of IRAs or some other pensions, their funds are coming from their real estate investments. And some of them do really well with that. And that's one of the things that I help them to manage. You know, other people put their money in the stock market. And now the new thing is, is cryptocurrency, um, virtual currency. So, you know, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It doesn't really matter as much how you invest it. Or I mean, what you invested in, it does matter how you invest it, what you invested in. What matters is that you're actually investing. I love it. I love it. So are you, let's, let's, if we try to put you in one of these brackets, are you a, a saver, a spender, an in, or an investor, or a bit of both? I was going to say, yes, I'm a saver, I'm a spender, I'm an investor. <laughs> okay, yes so to is, all. Is it like one third each, is it, is it for you? Or no. you go more heavy, are you more no. heavily towards uh, spending? Uh, I'd like to say that, no, probably I'm more investing. Ah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. 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 Investing cool, cool. is probably. Yeah. So, yeah. So, if there was someone listening to this, right? Obviously, you came from a very humble background like myself. Uh-huh. If there was someone listening to this right now and it goes, ah, all these people, man, talking about investing and saving. I'm just trying to make ends meet. I mean, what are some tips do you have for someone who is right now just trying to make ends meet and you're just trying to say, okay, how can they probably, I don't know, use their mindset, their financial mindset? I mean, Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that they can do as a first step to say, you know, um, yeah, advancing towards, you know, having more, acquiring more? Oh, absolutely. Now, because because I deal a lot in taxes, one of the first things I'm going to tell you is you look at taxes. You don't look at taxes as as a fee or to pay a professional to prepare your taxes. You don't look at that as a fee. To me, that's an investment. Because if you come to somebody like me to prepare your taxes, yeah, I can prepare your taxes, but that's not where my value is. My value is in how to help you use tax laws to save money. Like Hmm. a lot of people like getting refunds at the end of the year. They file their taxes and they get their big refunds. Well, that means the government is using your money interest-free for the whole year. Now, wouldn't you be better off if you had that money that you could save or invest that money in yourself instead of getting a refund, where if you paid somebody like me to help you figure out how much your refund is going to be. So instead of getting a refund at the end of the year, you change it so that you're not getting that refund at the end of the year. You break even and you've been using your money all year long to either save or invest. I love that. Or to help you make um, meet those ends. So when you look at investments, there are all kinds of investments. You can invest in yourself. You can invest in your education. You can invest in your future. And by paying a professional to help you with your taxes, that's investing in all of them. I love that answer. And to be honest, you can also pay a professional to mentor you, to to help exactly. you to become more financially savvy so you can start to invest in anything, you know. But the biggest investment you can make is obviously in yourself, right? That's the biggest investment. Oh, absolutely. But I like what you said about the taxes because what I have found, right, is that in terms of the taxes, so I move um, from uh, employee to self-employed. And in doing that, um, what I have found actually is that there was just, as a matter of fact, I moved from uh, employee to become self-employed business owner because of the taxes. Mm-hmm. Because once I reached uh, 100,000 uh, salary uh, in the UK, 
Well, actually, at the time, was salary plus bonuses. That hit me so hard with the taxes. I was like, wow. So we have this thing in the UK. The first, like, I don't know, it, it varies every year, but the first 12500 is tax-free. Right. If, you get over, <laughs> if you get to over 100 k <laughs> then you start to lose the personal allowance. So I was getting to that level like 10 years ago. I mm-hmm. goes, nah, that's not going to work, man. So I just started to work through a limited company. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said, because what I did over the years was to use my director uh, loan account as a way to kind of take money. And I mean, there are strategies, basically. That's, that's what we said. If you listen to this podcast and you want to save some money up front, you want to have your money in your hand. If, if you're in the USA, get to a seller garage. You know, you, you, you want to search... Um, uh, Garrett, uh, so not, you, you can say who you are. Um, <laughs> it's it the one to find you. Well, my company is Garrett and Associates CPA, but you can find me at my website or on any of the social media. I usually go by the handle of CPA Garrett. I love it. I love it. And of course, you're going to kind of repeat it again. But the whole point that we're saying is that if you're in the UK, just Google my name, Royston Cumberbatch. You can find me on my website, you know, because what it is, right? A lot of people, they're, they're, they're paying the taxman too much money, you know? Oh, they are. Yeah, they know they just, yeah, and that's the best, that's one of the smartest ways to save money. And I quite like that, Ursula. I quite like the fact that you, that you came and said that today. That's really, really a big thing, you know? Oh, absolutely. Now, you may, might have seen what's been making big news this last year, last year in 2020, was that our former president, part of his taxes got released and they showed that he only paid $750 in taxes. And what I have to say to anybody that's that's grumbling about that, it's like, no don't hate, learn and imitate. Yeah. If you use tax strategies, well, I may not be able to get your taxes down to $750, but I can get your taxes lower. And while I absolutely believe that you should pay your fair share, but you shouldn't pay one cent more. That's it. Pay your fair share, not one cent more. And there are all kinds of tax strategies that, that can be implemented so that you can reduce your taxes and not have to pay as much. You know, there's it depends on the kind of entity that you are. You know, if you're self-employed, um, you have an LLC where all of your income is taxed by self-employment. You live here in California. You can pay up to 50, actually over 50% of your earnings in tax. Why would you do that if you didn't have to? Why would you pay half of your earnings if you didn't have to in taxes? So there are all kinds of strategies that you can implement. And, and what better way, what a better way to come up with funds to have to invest or funds to have to save or funds to help you make ends meet. And the other thing I'm going to say to you is individuals pay taxes, businesses take deduction. Yeah. Well, that is true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. There are tax deductible expenses, right? And that kind of stuff. Wow. Wow. I love that. And that is quite deep. And I'm I'm quite happy that you came on today. I mean, this podcast is listened. uh, I think number one is actually the USA. I don't know why, but I mean, I'm in the UK. (laughs) Because you're amazing. Hey? So because you're amazing, that's why you're number ah, one. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. So look, um, I want to talk to you about, uh, you know, you're an accountant like myself, right? And yes. I know you kind of explain why you kind of get into taxes, but what made you choose accountants as a career? And how do you think that has helped you to run your business? How do you think being an accountant has helped you to run your firm? Oh, wow. When I decided what my career was going to be in business, I actually um, was studying computer information systems. And I took an accounting class and I thought, oh, this is it. So I I, I added accounting as a minor and then I took a couple other accounting classes. And then so I ended up majoring in accounting and minoring in computer information systems. Um, I just 
I found accounting very, very interesting. And a lot of people think of accounting as math, but you and I both know accounting is more about balance. Right? Yeah, it's more for, it, to be honest, it's more arithmetic than anything else. And it's right. more like, obviously, accounting is a, accounting is a language of business, number one, right? What does that mean? It, it really is. That, you know, the numbers don't lie, right? They so don't. it's a language of business. But also what I would say in terms of um, balancing, yes, accounting is off of uh, bookkeeping. Yeah, and bookkeeping is a foundation to accounting. And right. there's called double entry bookkeeping. So to every debit, there must be a credit, you know? Right, and everything and, has to balance. And everything has to balance because obviously A is equal to L plus C on the balance sheet. Right. Uh, interestingly, on the income statement, uh, we know uh, income minus expenses is equal to profit. And the balance of the profit goes back into the balance sheet. So it's obviously keeping in balance, right? Right. Uh, interestingly, by the way, on the profit first system, which you kind of mentioned that you have um, every month, you, you move amongst all of your bank accounts, right? Mm-hmm. What I was going to say to people listening to this, on the profit first system, we don't say income minus expenses equal to profit. We say income minus profit equal expenses. I mean, you should know your profit first uh-huh. even before you pay your expenses. So I, I quite like the fact that you move stuff around from bank to bank. So I spoke about this on the podcast before, having multiple bank accounts. How many bank accounts do you, would you say you have for your business and, and for yourself? And how do you kind of manage that? How do you, I mean, I mean, don't trust your secret sauce, but I mean, <laughs> but how do you kind of move things around from a managing perspective? So m- mine is a little more complicated. So if I were to log into my online banking system right now, um, I, I think there's somewhere between 12 and 15 um, bank accounts, checking and savings. So I have- um, Wow, for you or for your business? Well, you mean- Multiple you mean, businesses. I have multiple oh, businesses. Oh, so. multiple businesses, right. Yeah. And so, so my business is operated as a sole proprietorship for over 20 years. And as of this year, I actually incorporated Garrett and Associates. Yeah. So right now I still have two bank accounts for each one of those. So that's four bank accounts right there. So when you have your business, you want to have a, a checking account, a savings account, and an investment account. Sometimes if you have a really large payroll, you may want to have a separate account for your payroll. But that's not absolutely necessary, but it, but it's a good idea. As a lot of times you can use your savings account as your payroll. So you put the money in because you know you're going to need this for payroll. And then when you have accrued vacations and accrued paid time off, that if you keep that amount in your savings and if you, when your employee comes and says, I need this money, you're not stressed out about it. How am I going to pay the employee? It's a, it's a good rule of thumb. Um, but, you know, my husband and I have real estate investments. So we have a couple of LLCs where we have real estate investments. And so each LLC has its own checking and savings. Um, I have, I'm in business with my daughter. She has a, a, a training. Um, she's a fitness model and a personal trainer and she does personal training um, and, and fitness coaching. So, and I handle all the finances for that, obviously. Okay, cool, so cool, there's cool, a couple yeah. of accounts for that. Yeah. You know, I have my personal accounts. And so I mean, the accounts just start to add up. Yeah, I, I kind of get yeah. an idea. So someone listening to this and might be thinking, isn't that complicated? She got all these accounts. Um, but what I found is that having multiple bank accounts is actually easier to manage your stuff. Because, for yeah. example, you said like payroll, you can just, if you know your payroll at the end of each month, or even your expenses. I mean, when I started working in London uh, for an insurance company, I was what is called a, um, a cash management and expenses accountant. 
And effectively, I was managing a service company, and the service company itself had 30 bank accounts. I mean, that, that account for each currency. But then even within the, the GBP account, they have different accounts as well, you know? So I kind of get the idea, but many people don't get that idea, right? And I, I, I think there were huge benefits uh, from doing that. So, okay, so just to move things on um, um, just in the conversation, what's your biggest money mistake? I mean, I, you, you have lost money or you made a bad decision. I mean, what does that look like for you? So my biggest mistake was once I went into a business partnership with somebody I didn't know as well as I should have. And when this person told me how much money they had, I took that to mean this because she said, here's how much money I have to for us to start this business. And I took that to mean this is how much money she had to invest in us starting the business. That was all the money she had to live on. And she didn't have 100% of that to invest in the business. And we didn't get it clear up front whose responsibility was for what. And I was thinking we're going into business together. And she knows that I already have my CPA firm and my time is committed there, that she was going to be managing it. She was always running off doing other stuff. And I had to go in and, and, and do stuff. And she thought we'd just hire people. It's like, okay, where's this money coming from? How are we going to get, you know, customers into this business? You're hiring people to handle the customers. You're putting in a safe, seriously, she put in a safe to keep the money that we were not earning. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I know. People, yeah, people sometimes don't think right, in. yeah? Yeah, she took payroll money and used it to go and put in a safe. And I go, I'll put that money in the account to cover payroll. You took it and went and put in a safe. So you're going to have to come up with money to cover payroll. These are all people working when that's what you were supposed to be doing because you don't have another job. So you always have to have everything in writing. You have to have um, what I'm always preaching to my clients, my children, to anybody who will listen is you have to manage expectations. But to manage those expectations, you actually have to have a list of what those expectations are. And in this situation, I did not manage my expectations very well. I didn't have it clear on who was going to do what. So I found myself running two businesses. She didn't like that I expected her to work. She just wanted to be a business owner. She didn't really want to work at it. And so she ended up, because I expected too much from her, she backed out of the partnership. And so that left me with two businesses and had to figure out a way to close down this business because it was not profitable and I did not have the time to put into it. So that was my, my biggest mistake was going into business with somebody I didn't know without clear expectations and understanding. But it's amazing. Like, I share a similar story, right? I actually went into business with a friend of mine. Um, we, we, we planned the business for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a full-time job. He said, look, Roy, I'm just waiting on you to leave your job, man. I've got money. I can put into this business. We can blow it up, you know? I went and studied all the markets and I can, all the Google ads. I mean, that was like 10 years ago. You know what I mean? I said, I said, a very nice website. It was called Integritas. And we actually had the business. We, 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 we had a customer. We started making money. Um, I, I, I put in most of the energies into the business. And when it came to like blowing the business up, right? Um, I mean, I kind of quit my job because I had a few other options as well. You know, things I, would, I was, yeah, I kind of had a vision of where I wanted to go. But man, the guy actually, uh, he said, who told, you to, who told you to quit your job? 
because I'm not ready for this and uh, some blah, blah excuse. We could have been multi-million years by now, man. That was before like all this online training and stuff was this happening. Mm-hmm. We were going to do like a, a competency, matter of fact, it was going to be integrated. It was, it was going to be like um, like training courses and a competency firm. We were going to train people. Yeah, it was, I was, it was going to be so sexy, man. I mean, we, we were going to make a competency firm sexy, but yeah. <laughs> uh, just like you making tax sexy. But basically, um, it kind of didn't happen. And, uh, and you're right, I think you have to really vet the person you're going to go into business with mm-hmm. and just make sure that that person is like, yeah, that person is on, say, on par with you. And then you have to manage, as you said, manage your expectations. Cool, cool, cool. So what's the biggest financial success you have? Well, I mean, I mean, we, we talk about so many different things, your journey. We talk about uh, your, you know, your big mistakes. We talk about how you manage your money. Um, obviously, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask you as well how to how how to really advise someone in business anyway who is looking to manage your money. But before I go into that, what's the biggest you say financial mistake that no mistake, no the biggest success success? Are you are you, you invested some money or something happened? I don't know, maybe, maybe a fortune or something like that. For me personally, yeah. What do I consider my my biggest financial success? success? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to answer this question a little differently probably than you ask. And I'm going to say my biggest success was this past December, how I reached out to my clients to implement some tax strategies. Mm -hmm. And the clients just in one month alone, based on the tax plans that we came up with, I think I probably helped my my clients save just the ones that I dealt with in December, over a million dollars in taxes. Wow. That, yeah. that is good. I mean, obviously, success is what, for me, success is what you have achieved for yourself and others. So if you help your clients to save, uh-huh. a, oh, I mean, a million collectively, that is massive. Yeah. Let me tell you, you know, being an expert and knowing what you know and knowing how to do it, it's all well and good. But if you don't share that, it, it does no one good. And so even though I tell my clients, oh, here are the services I offer, I never really made it clear to them how I could help them. And, you know, I just got really inspired by the pandemic. And fortunately, some of my clients did really well in the pandemic. And I saw that and I'm thinking, oh, my God, they're going to owe all these taxes. And if they wait until next year and they come in to see me and I tell them that they all owe all these taxes, they're not going to be real happy with me. So that was my motivation. So I picked up the phone and I started calling them. Hey, you know what? I'm looking at your numbers and I said, you're going to pay a lot in taxes. We're going to have to do something. Here's how much I can help you save if you're interested then we need to get moving on it before the end of the year. And I made a few of those calls and December was my best December ever. I've been in, I've had my own practice for over 20 years. Yeah. And this past December, when my office was closed the last two weeks of the year, I saved my clients more money in that two weeks when my office was closed probably than I did the whole year. That's fantastic. That is really great. You know, I think a lot of um, I mean, that means that you are you are amongst the billionaires. I mean, I in terms of the, the billionaires made more money during the pandemic than any other time. I did the top tech companies. You know what I mean? Because more people were online. I mean, I was just I was just teasing you there, but I'm saying um, that that's just a great strategy, and it just shows you right that um, you you saved them money and you made money, right? You know? Oh yes. Oh yeah, you understand. It works so, both ways. Yeah, so you 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 make money saving people money. I mean, like me, 
I um, I do like coaching now and uh, mentoring. I call it more mentoring and coaching, you know, people to grow their business. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, this week I was like speaking to a girl. I'm currently running my ads like over in the Caribbean now, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was speaking to this girl and uh, a young lady. And she's actually a medical doctor and stuff. And at the end, um, I, I, I sold her and, and she was saying, oh, so I remember the cost. I said, it's not a cost. It's an investment. Yes. You're investing in your business growth. You know, mm-hmm. so afterwards, I kind of asked her about the process. And she goes, you know what happened? You spoke, you, you said the right language. When you told me that what I'm paying you was an investment, that was it for her. So sometimes you have to just make people understand that when they uh, hire a tax expert, when they, when they spend money with a tax expert, they are investing in their own finances. They're, they, because effectively, it's going to save them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really, really, really big. Cool. So You know what? Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head right there with that when you said that. So like I said, you can find anybody to prepare your taxes. So you go to the, to the guy next door and he prepares your business tax returns for $1,500, but then you owe $350,000 in taxes. Yeah. You come to me and say, maybe I charge you $15,000 to do your taxes and, and implement my tax strategy, but then you only owe $60,000 in taxes. So you tell me, was that 15,000 investment worth it? Yeah, I mean, I mean because people how have much to be did... smart. People, people yeah. have to be smart. And that's exactly. why I said Franchise mindset is making decisions based on information, right? Mm-hmm. So when people are looking to, to make inf- um, decisions in business, they have to understand that when they spend this money, it's not, it's not an expense, it's an investment, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and what the potential return is, you know what I mean? I think if people make decisions like that in with all decisions in business, I think it's going to really help them. That's cool, cool. So... From a tax perspective, I've got two questions for you. From a tax perspective, someone is, is just, um, they're already in business. They're making money in business. Um, at what stage of the year should they do the tax planning? I mean, in terms of like, it's, say it's January, and January is the first day of the new year. Um, <laughs> at what stage should they do the tax planning? Is, is it during the new, January during one. The new year? Right, go ahead. No. Okay. January 1. Okay. You should start your tax planning on the first day of the year and you make sure you you're tax planning all year long when the year ends you should already know what your tax what the tax consequences of the year are when you file that tax your tax returns two three four months later that's just a matter of being compliant you already know the answer because you've been planning for it all year if you plan all year long there are no surprises now you show up to me on on March 1st, hey, I need my taxes done. There's not a whole lot I could do for you for the previous year. So you show up March 1st, 2021, you show up in my office on Monday, you know, and say, hey, I need my taxes done. It's too late, yeah. I'm I'm just going to help you be compliant. There may be a few tax strategies we can implement, but nothing that's going to make a huge difference. And I'll tell you, well, we might be able to save you a little for 2020. But on March 1st, 2021, we can do plans and your 2021 is going to look completely different than your 2020. So anytime during the year, but the earlier, the better. It gives you more time, gives you more time and space to structure what, what tax strategies you're going to implement. Um, it gives you time to, you know, if you're a spender, if you're a saver, you have time to, to move your money. You know, we do some income shifting strategies. That's one of, one of my big tax strategies is income shifting. So when you have different business entities, you can shift your income between the entities 
in the ones that have lower tax brackets. That's we right. have all kinds of, of, of new tax laws that were employed in the last few years and then some in the last year. You know, where the corporate tax, the maximum corporate tax rate is 21%, whereas the maximum um, personal tax rate federally is 37%. So now why wouldn't you shift some of that income that would be taxed at 37% to income that would be taxed at 21% um, or investments, investments, the maximum capital gains and um, uh, qualified dividends tax rate is, is 20%. So that's, so you're looking at places where you can funnel your money to where it's taxed at a lower percent, a lower tax bracket than it would be if, if you stayed in your own personal tax bracket. And you might say, why doesn't everybody do that? Why would you leave your money in the 37% tax bracket? Well, you probably want some of it there because when you have an S-corp or an LLC or even a sole proprietorship, depending on the kind of business it is, you can exclude, up, um, you can exclude the first 20% of your earnings from your taxes. So you just have to find a way to shift your income between the different entities so that you're able to take advantage of all the tax strategies that are available. Cool, cool, cool. So I know so you've obviously shared the what, but not the how, right? Because that's cost money, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get it. Well I can tell you how, but it's it's not just that simple because for each person, if I were to prepare a comprehensive tax plan for you, it would be specifically for you and it would work for your business. Now if I tell you how, um, you're not going to have all the intricacies of okay, so how do you know how much to go to this? I can't I can't teach you what I've learned over the last 20 plus years in yeah. an hour or two. This is years of experience and and knowing the tax laws. And I use other experts and I have other partners that help me with the areas that their expertise. Yeah, like yeah, we're talking course. about different investments. I don't do all of that myself, but I have a whole network of people that I yeah. that I use that's when I that's the, that's the idea. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what's what's one of the most common uh, tax mistake uh, you see people like doing in terms of obviously the UK and the US is, is different, but in terms of people who they have filed the taxes, they haven't come to you in the beginning of the year, and now mm -hmm. it's the end of the year. What is one of the most common thing you think that they have done? I mean, kind of like a, a thematic team, you know? What I mean, something that most people tend to do that's just completely a no brainer. Okay, so if we're talking about business owners, one of the things that they do that really makes mess things up yeah. is they commingle their personal and their business expenses in the business. And so when they see all these deductions, they think, oh, I've already deducted all this. I'm not making any money. Um, they think if I pay for it with my business credit card, then it's a business deduction. And that's not quite how it works. <laughs> so they pay for a lot of their personal expenses. And then at the end, when they don't have cash and they don't have profits because they've incorrectly categorize personal expenses as business expenses, they're surprised when I go, no, 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 you can't deduct this. Um, or, you know, one of the things we do here is we pay subcontractors. And, and so I have business clients that will pay people and they don't want to issue a 1099. So a form 1099 is what you issue to subcontractors or people that you um, pay money to for a service. The only way you can deduct it is if you issue them the 1099 so that they can report it. What the IRS is really concerned about is somebody has to pay that tax, has to pay the taxes on that money. So it's either going to be you or the person you paid the money to. 
If you can't tell me who you pay that money to, then you're going to pay the taxes. And that's one of the biggest thing that we run into. So all year long, these 1099 forms must be, they're required to be done by the end of January, but we do them all year long because we get business clients that come in and they did not issue those 1099s. And we tell them you can't deduct it. You're going to have to pay taxes on it. Oh no, we're going to issue those 1099s because they don't want to pay taxes on money that they paid to somebody else. So to me, that's the biggest one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Basically it's kind of keeping your records clean, basically. I mean, uh, in terms of your personal banking, your business banking, I mean, over here in the UK, we have something called like P11Ds, you know what I mean? Which is like, it's called like benefit, benefits in kind, you know? <laughs> if you if you take something from the business for yourself that, that was not actually uh, a business expense um, or, you know, you have to pay personal tax on it. So sometimes, for, for example, in the UK, if the business pays for your phone, if the business pays your personal phone, if, if the business pays for, I don't know, some personal medical insurance as well, I mean, so like if something personal that the business is paying for, what the government does, the government does an assessment of all the benefits that you're getting and they tax you on that as well. You know what I mean? But you're right. The biggest method that people make is that they just don't keep proper records. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's just like, I mean, I recently was dealing with a tax case for someone actually. And it's amazing actually, because when I told him the fee I was going to, I was going to, uh, that he was going to have to pay, he was like, oh, he tried to negotiate with me. And I goes, man, do you want to pay me or do, or do you want to pay the tax man? Because, you know, what happened is that when you, when you pay me, I save you tax, you see? Exactly. And if you don't pay me, then you, then you pay the tax man. So who do you prefer to pay? So I think a lot, a lot of people don't realize the, 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 the benefits of having great tax advice at the outset, you know? And it's, it's, it's not just tax advice. I think it's also strategic business planning and financial planning at the outset. It can save you a lot, a lot of money. Oh, absolutely. Okay. All right. So we're coming to wrap up just now. We just got a few more things for you. So... Someone who's in business, right? Not just tax, but someone who's in business and they want to be highly profitable, they want to be successful. What are some of the key numbers you as a tax expert will say to them that they should be managing or looking at or keeping an eye on? Some of the key numbers. Okay. So for me, I know a lot of people think that the profit and loss is the most important statement, but for me, I think it's the cash flow. So the number you want to look at is your net cash flow. Yeah, you may be bringing in lots of money, but if it's if you're using next month's money to pay last month's expenses, then you're not really profitable. Yeah. And so that's where cash flow, I, that's why I think cash flow is the most important statement. It doesn't really matter how much money you're bringing in because it's your job to try to reduce your profits for tax purposes to as low as you can get it. So you pay as little taxes as possible. But just because you, you're not showing much in profits doesn't mean that you should have little cash flow. You it's want not, your cash yeah. flow to be high regardless of what your profit is. Yeah, obviously, because there's a big difference between um, profit and cash. And obviously, mm-hmm. uh, profit is on the PL and cash is on the balance sheet, right? And, and you want to have cash reserve as well. I mean, you call it net cash flow. I call it the free cash flow. Okay. Uh, the cash flow that's left over from operations minus any capital expenditure is oh, the same thing, basically. It's yes. the sum of all the different cash flows. And actually, many people, I mean, you, you kind of get me excited here. Many people don't understand cash flow. Uh-huh. I mean, they think cash flow is just like from, re- from revenue and expenses. That's only one type of cash flow. That's, you know, called operational cash flow, right? right. And people have to even understand when, which kind of cash flow does not impact profit, like capital expenditure. So you're right. Um, cash flow is so, so important. Um, I, I love that. I love that. Cash flow is so, so important. So look, um, 
asked everyone this question, what does the term financial intelligence mean to you? You said, what does it mean to me? Yeah, financial intelligence. I mean, what does that term mean to you? So what financial intelligence means to me is it means financial freedom. To me, what it means is if you understand your numbers, then you're free to do any and everything that you want to. You're able to um, set goals and meet those goals when you understand the numbers. Financial intelligence means you know where your money's coming from, you know where it's going, you know where it went. You're not you're not going to open up your uh, bank statement at the end of the month and say, "Oh my God, look at how much money I made last month and where did it all go?" So you know you know your numbers. That's what financial it. intelligence means to me. Yeah, I love it. You know, it's it's a great answer, right? Because obviously, for me, financial intelligence is understanding numbers being your business. And I actually have a little formula because to me, it's like financial, uh, I don't know, literacy, I call it FL. Then you have financial education, FE. Um, but to me, financial intelligence is equal to financial freedom. Definitely, you know, that is to me, it's like, it's like a stepping stone. You know, first of all, you, you, you obviously want to be financially literate. Then you want to get some financial education, you know. But then eventually, if you're a business owner, or even just an individual who wants to build wealth, you have to be financially intelligent because you want to make the right decisions. Like, for example, saving taxes and not paying the government some of the taxes. That's just one, that's just one example, you know what I mean? Where to invest in, that kind of stuff. Wow, wow. So that's really good. So, Asara, um, you shared a lot of gems on here. Um, where can people find you? I know you said it before, but I, I want you to go slow because um. Yeah. I want people to find you. Where can people find you? And and do you cover just the US or, or do you cover like UK as well or international tax laws? I mean, how, how good are you with that? Well, I'm vaguely familiar with some of the other countries' tax laws. Uh, I would typically have to go to someone else for their expertise. Yeah. What I'm, I am familiar with is with expats from the US um, or actually I, I do have clients from other countries that get like maybe their social security from different countries. And so- if I don't know it already, I usually look up the treaties that the U.S. has with those countries to see yeah. how to treat payments that they get. And in case you didn't know it, that if you got Social Security from Austria, not one cent of it is taxable. Whereas if you got you got Social Security from Canada, then it's taxed just as U.S. Social Security. And, uh, and, I think the and same the is with the. I think it's the same with the U.K. It's taxed the same as Canada and the U.S. It's all taxed as U.S. Social Security. So, I mean, those are the things that I have to research and figure out. And once we have a country in our preview, then then we know it. And so I do have uh, quite a few expat clients, and I have some clients that are expats from other countries that now live here, and they get income from those sources. But as far as business taxes, actually in other countries, not my area of expertise. But if you want to find me and find out where my areas of expertise do lie, uh, you can try my website. It's CPA Garrett, www.cpa Garrett, as in certified public account, CPA Garrett. And if you want to find me on social media, on uh, LinkedIn, I'm Ursula Garrett. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm CPA Garrett. Put in my name and you'll find me. Garrett and Associates is also on Facebook. But here, I'm going to give you the best way to reach me because that was just a whole lot of information. So one website will get you connected to me anywhere and everywhere. And I probably should have told you this first. So the one place where you can find out everything about Ursula Garrett is UrsulaGarrett.com. Ah, look at that. How easy is that? That's That's like my calling card. 
that's easy. That's easy. Ursula, you are you are just, I think you are the most fun person I've had on the podcast. I mean, I, I probably shouldn't say that. I mean, fun in the sense of a tax <laughs> fun person, a tax fun person. You know what I mean? Someone yes. who does tax, but is but it makes tax sexy, as you said. You have made tax and finance so sexy, man. It's so good. You know, actually the way you spoke, the way you, you know, and also you, you share a lot of stuff. So hopefully, you know, um, I, was, I said this to everyone who come on, you know, when you make a lot of millions, more millions, then obviously I'll get you on again. Or maybe when you make billions, you know, I'll get you on <laughs> at, at a second round to tell us how did you do it? You know, as you know, I'm on a journey of just imparting knowledge, sharing knowledge. And I quite like what you said, actually. What's the use having knowledge and not sharing the knowledge? And obviously we met at the Public Speaker Academy and obviously we wouldn't speak any more about that today. But... Um, <laughs> Yes, we but um, well, we were on a mission. We 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 ourselves were on a mission to share stuff, right? To, to hit the big stages and share stuff. So it's a heartful joy, you know, to have you on the Financial Intelligence Mindset Podcast. And I want to wish you all the very best wishes, all the big goals that you have coming up, right? And um, yeah, oh, I'm sure you. that we will be speaking very soon. Yes, thank, thank you. you. I appreciate you having me on. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you very much for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find out more about me by Googling my name, Royston Cumberbatch. I'm on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can find me on YouTube as Roy Cumberbatch. And if you are listening on YouTube, please hit that uh, subscribe button. Or you can find me on my website at www.rackmac.com. That's R-A-C macs.com it'd be great to hear from you and do feel free to tell me about any topics you want me to cover on future episodes until next time be good to yourself and others keep positive and reaching for your financial goals bye-bye